Well, good morning everyone. Uh, Judy here. Nice to be with you again and uh, hope that your Easter uh, was a little bit different, but nevertheless, I hope that there were some good moments and precious times, um, even in lockdown. I wonder how you found the last few weeks in terms of the media. I found it quite fascinating having a little bit of an insight into all these different people's homes who are Zooming in and Skyping in and FaceTiming in and uh, suddenly they don't have the professionals doing their hair and makeup they're all doing it themselves and we also see their artwork we start to see what's um what their homes are really like and there's something isn't there about being seen uh, for who we really are that is both a really brilliant thing and actually is, is a real yearning of the soul to be seen to be fully known but there's also something about gosh this is this is really being seen uh, people are seeing me perhaps for who I really am and uh, one of the names of God is the God who sees us. Uh, in the book of Genesis, Hagar says, you are the God who sees me and I have seen the God who sees me. And in a way, this story that we've had read from the book of John is a bit like that. Nathaniel comes to faith in Jesus because he suddenly realises here is someone who sees him for who he really is. His past, his present, his future sees him not only uh, under the, the fig tree, but sees that he's an earnest man waiting for the Messiah, but looking in the wrong place, that he has these barriers up to who Jesus really is. And as we come together to look at this story today, I think there's some real encouragement for us. We're starting a new series today on hope, hope in uh, this time of uh, the coronavirus and hope in all of our lives. And we may feel that hope's been a bit damaged, a bit diminished at the moment. There may be a sense where we feel like we're hiding a little bit. Uh, maybe we think, you know, we're sitting there under our own fig tree, if you like, out in the garden or uh, in our armchairs, just thinking what will come. You know, we wait, we wait for what will come next. And Nathaniel is introduced to Jesus by this guy, Philip. And Philip is a brand new disciple who is just so excited that he's meeting Jesus, that he's actually met with Jesus. And so much so that he rushes to introduce Nathaniel, his good friend, uh, straight away and says, I've, I've met him. I've met the one we're all waiting for. And he's, he's not perhaps what you'd expect. He comes from Nazareth of all places. And Nathaniel's like, oh, no, 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 that can't be the one that we're waiting for. You know, he wouldn't come from a place like that. Uh, there was that saying, wasn't there, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But nevertheless, the passion in his friend, the expectation, the excitement that is there in Philip lights something up in Nathaniel. Um, uh, a Swiss philosopher, J.L. Godet, says one lighted torch lights up another. And that's what's going on here. Philip is full of faith and excitement. He says, Nathaniel, come and meet this guy. And he comes to meet Jesus, Nathaniel does. And he's really taken aback because Jesus looks on him with compassion. Jesus sees him, but he says, I saw you before Philip called you. I saw you. You were sat under your, your fig tree. I saw you. And he is actually saying, I not only saw your physical stance, but I saw where your heart was at. The God who sees us sees us in our past, in our present, 
but also, as Jesus reminds us so vividly in this passage, sees what the future will be like as followers of him. And uh, I was reading um, about Huxley, who was uh, um, hanging out with a lot of academics and uh, had one particular atheist who was giving him a bit of a hard time and just would not be convinced. And uh, some of the, the Christians in the group are going off to church and this atheistic friend says to Huxley, why don't you stay home and miss church and you try and persuade me about the reality of your faith in Jesus. And Huxley replies, he says, I'm not clever enough for that. He says, if you want me to persuade you with words and theories and all those kind of apologetics, you've got the wrong man. But he says, if you want me to stay home and actually introduce you to who I believe Jesus is, to the very man that has changed my life, then okay then. And they stay and they, they drink tea together and they, they chat. And this guy's heart is changed, not by this expertise of persuasion, but actually by a man who has been with Jesus, sharing what God has done for him through Jesus. And there's something in this story that is very similar to that, that Nathaniel has had the theory, he knows the prophecy, he knows in the Old Testament what was prophesied about Jesus. And yet when he meets him face to face, Jesus defies any expectations he had. In fact, he goes on to say, I will exceed and crush the expectations that you've had. And for many of us at the moment, there's a sense that we, we need to know that God sees us. We need to know that in our darkest times, when we're full of fear, when we're unwell, when we're really, really anxious about work or about money or about health, that God sees us. He sees us in our isolation or he sees us in our full house. And either way, as we hear in this passage, there is a way that he hears the very yearnings of our soul, the very cries of our hearts. The fact that Jesus says, I saw you under the tree, uh, William Barclay says, he is the one who can translate the inarticulate size of a soul. And in a way, that's what Jesus is saying to Nathaniel. When you were there meditating and expecting a different kind of Messiah, I heard you and I saw you. I was in my garden, as many of us have been over the bank holiday weekend, over the Easter weekend. And I have to say, I was just having a low moment. On the whole, I think I've done all right, but I was having a bit of a low moment and just thinking, I wish I had somebody with me, a partner with me maybe, that would just be to go through this time together. And I just felt suddenly quite alone. And we have a little neighbour, I might have mentioned him before, Sebi, who lives next door with his, his parents, and he's an only child. And uh, he has um, some battles with um, autistic behaviour, but just the most gorgeous, gorgeous boy. And um, he's got a hammock that he lies on in the garden. And as I was just, I guess this was an inarticulate sigh of the heart, as well just sort of feeling oh lord you know it's tough going through this uh, for many of us and for me too and suddenly this voice from nowhere we weren't chatting at the time from Sebi's hammock he shouts out Judith it's tricky on your own and it was just incredible. I don't know whether he was talking about being an only child. I don't know whether he'd sussed out that, that I was on my own. I don't know um, but he just spoke that across the gate uh, to me. And 
as I was preparing for this talk, I thought, well, that's, that's that, isn't it? That is the God who sees us. Those inarticulate things that we perhaps even didn't even know we prayed, those sighs of the soul, God says, I see you. I see you whether you're in a house full of people and I see you whether you're alone and struggling with that or struggling with just that fear of the future. And Jesus brings to Nathaniel not only a hope for his life there and then, but he says, I am going to do what the Messiah was prophesied would do. I'm going to make, if you like, that connection between heaven and earth. I'm going to make a way uh, for you, Nathaniel, to be with God eternally. The God that sees you now, sees you present where you are and sees you in your future and I wonder for you, you may be um, part of Riverside today and be a Christian and just need that reminder that we have met with Jesus who has made a way for us to be forgiven and to have a future with him. And so how can we not, like Philip, be that torch that goes on to the next and the next and says Jesus is the hope of the world? And actually, as we hold that flame up in troubled times, as we hold up the light in troubled times, we can be, as that quotation said, the torch that lights another, as Philip is here for Nathaniel, the one that passes the hope on and says, I found a hope and I can't keep it to myself. May that be true of us uh, at this time, that we've found a hope that we want to share and that we can't help but share in these times where everyone is really looking for answers. There's no doubt about that. Many, many people many more people than ever are realizing with us the fragility of this life and Jesus is no different because at the end of the passage Nathaniel declares Rabbi you are the son of God it's you he realizes that that he has been seen and understood by Jesus and that Jesus has shown compassion to him Jesus isn't judgy with him and let's face it Nathaniel's been a bit judgy he's been a bit prejudiced he says oh you know can anything good come from Nazareth it's not that's not the way the Messiah is going to be coming from but actually when he meets with Jesus the barriers that he put up are quashed and not only that, Jesus replies to him, he says, you believe in me because I told you, I, I told you I saw you under your fig tree. But he says, you'll see greater things than that. He says, I will show you heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In other words, he's saying, he's quoting the prophets and he's saying, if you like, I am the ladder uh, that was spoken about in the Old Testament, the way that comes as the heavens part and joins heaven and earth. I am the one who was prophesied about and, and I'm here to make a way for you. Incredible words that filled Nathaniel with so much hope and he's able to say truly you are the son of God, you're the one that we all were waiting for. And if you don't yet know Jesus, maybe you yourself, like that academic, have got barriers up and you think, I, I really, um, I'm expecting something different to this. And you're keeping him at arm's length. Maybe like Nathaniel, you uh, are looking at spirituality, but, but not looking for Jesus as such. Well, Jesus says, I am the one who can't be boxed in. You know, if you've got preconceived ideas about me, I'll supersede them. And this is what he says to Nathaniel. He says, if your expectations and your hope is here, I'll raise you. <laughs> because actually, I can do immeasurably more than you could hope or imagine. 
I wanted to just close by um, using some words from Psalm 27 before I hand over to Andy King, who's going to lead us in some prayers about the fact that God sees us and he sees where each of us are this day and every day. The fact that the name Elroy, God sees us, is about presence, it's about comfort, it's about, it's good to be seen. We don't need to fear, as lovely Ruby shared a few weeks ago in church when one of our young people, Ruby, preached. She said, you know, sometimes we feel that if God sees us, that's something to be afraid of. But Jesus says no. You know, the way that he deals with Nathaniel is the way that he deals with you and I. And that he says, I saw you before. What was funny with the story with Sebi shouting out to me, as you may have noticed, he called me Judith. And no one calls me that. Uh, that's a name from <laughs> like my childhood that only probably my dad would normally use. Um, and it's just funny that Sebi has latched on to that name. And it was almost like God saying, I knew you all the way back then when you were Judith at school, um, thought you were a bit of a rebel. I knew you then. And even in that, little Sebi calling out to me was God saying, I see you, Judy, uh, and I've always seen you. And Psalm 27 says these words uh, as I close. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, I am coming. May that be true of each of us today, that we know that our heart has heard Jesus Christ say, come to me. Jesus Christ, the hope of the world, the hope for our eternal future, has said, come to me. And we turn, my heart responds, I am coming.